0: listening to Perks of Being a Book Lover, a show about books, people who read, and how reading at its very best is a social experience. Whether it be a book club, a poetry slam, or the production of a play, words are meant to be shared. There is the
1: old philosophical question. If a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? Likewise, if you read a book and don't discuss it, have you enjoyed all the perks of being a book lover?
0: I'm your host, Amy, I've been a member of numerous book clubs over the last 25 years and started quite a few. I love asking people what they're reading so that they'll ask me the same. I'm a vintage bookseller, a traveler wannabe, and a fanatic about dogs. And I'm your host, Carrie. I'm an English teacher, a freelance writer, a blogger, and the person whose Instagram feed features more photos of my cats than my kids. Each week, we will talk with a guest who shares the love of reading, how they impart that passion, and what books really catch them on fire.
1: We will also tell you about our literary lives, what books are on our nightstands, and other bookish
0: fun. Welcome.
1: Amy and I have had a flurry of bookish activities in October. We thought we'd spend some time discussing
0: these events as a little bonus
1: perks episode.
0: So, Carrie, we haven't really gotten to talk about our weekend last weekend. We didn't spend it together. I know, which was sad. Which was sad, but we sort of had parallel book adventures. Yeah. So we should talk about that a we little should. bit. So actually,
1: you were the one who sort of instigated both of them. Ann Patchett was in Louisville to talk on Friday night, the October 11th, I think it was. But then... As, as soon as she finished that one, which I went to with my mom, because you had gotten tickets from the Louisville Free Public Library, but then you went to the was it Southern Festival of Books? Southern Festival of Books in Nashville,
0: Tennessee. Okay. Yes.
1: And so Anne Patchett, when she left Louisville, she drove back to Nashville so that she could attend your event on Saturday morning.
0: So I forfeited my tickets for Friday night because I did drive to Nashville Friday night, because I knew that I would get to see her on Saturday. So how was it? It was good. It was
1: good. I figured it was going to be a typical author talk the the kind that I've seen, which is usually the author talking about their latest book. I was pleasantly surprised, though, because she did not really talk about her book at all. She talked about s- some of her favorite writers. She had a slideshow, and so she mentioned all sorts of different writers that she likes. And she talked about how, in addition to being a writer and owner of Parnassus Books, she has also become sort of a, an interviewer of mm-hmm. other authors. So that's kind of one of her gigs. Some of the books she mentioned and some of the authors, she mentioned Harlan Coben. Now, I can't remember what book she specifically mentioned because he has a ton of them. Um, and I wasn't taking pictures of... He was the, a,
0: He's a mystery writer? Is yeah, right? I
1: think so. Thriller, maybe, mystery. But she mentioned him. She mentioned how she developed a friendship with Kate DiCamillo, who is actually a children's writer. And uh, Ann Patchett said she had never read any Kate De Camillo books. And so when she discovered the mysterious journey of Edward Tulane, that she did what you do, she did like this deep dive into Kate DiCamillo Camillo. They became friends. She mentioned Whiskey and a Teacup by um, Reese Witherspoon and Uncommon Type by Tom Hanks. That's a book of short Mm -hmm. stories. It, It was really interesting because she was predominantly talking about books she enjoys, people she has interviewed, but then that sort of morphed into a discussion of how long it took her to write her most recent book, which is the Dutch house. And so she did end up talking about her book, but it was more the struggle she had to fit in being owner of the bookstore and interviewing all these people and trying to write her book and the struggle she had with getting her book written. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I have never seen, not that I go to like tons of author talks, but I had not seen an author do that. So I thought it was fascinating.
0: This leads into mine a little bit about her talking about other authors that she really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I loved most about the author talks and panels that I went to last weekend at the Southern Festival of Books was authors talking about other authors that they admired or really liked reading their works. So it's a three-day event. It runs Friday through Sunday. It's every October. I think it's been going on for 31 years. I only went for the Saturday, and the first panel that I tried to go to was the first one of the morning, and it had four authors that are well-known, have new books out that are doing very well in New York Times bestseller list. I really wanted to go. I got there early because I thought I want to make sure I get a seat. I'm standing in line, and I hear people around me talking about, do you have your pass? Do you have your pass? And I thought, oh my gosh, did I need to pre-register for this event? I didn't read anything online about this. And just as a note, All these events are absolutely free to go to for anybody. And somebody said, Oh, yes, you had to pre register for this one because they thought it was going to be so popular. Well, of course, I didn't have a pre registration, but there was this very nice gentleman standing right next to me who said, Oh, well, my wife is not going to be able to come, so you can have hers. And so he did. He gave me his wife's pass. And then I went immediately, directly, did not pass go into the auditorium (laughs) and got a front row seat to this That's thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yay to Bradley from Alabama out there. You really made my weekend <laughs> and you deserve a gold star for being so sweet. But yeah, so there are four authors on this panel, but they talked about some authors that they admire. So the four authors that were on this panel, uh, Anissa Gray, she's a debut novelist. She has a book out now called The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls. It's a story about dark relationships, complex relationships between siblings and within families. And you'll appreciate this. One of her favorite books is White Teeth by Zadie Smith. And then there was Karen Thompson Walker. She has a new book out called The Dreamers, and it's about an outbreak of a sleeping sickness. I have not read this book, but the way she described it reminded me a little bit of Station 11. Not necessarily dystopian, but it seems like she likes to write novels about outbreaks. The book that she wrote before that uh, called The Age of Miracles was about what the results would be to people if something happened to the rotation of the earth. Oh, Like if it wow. slowed down or sped up or something like that. So she talked about her favorite authors, yeah. Kazuo Ishiguro. Did I say the that The Remains right? of the Day? He wrote Remains of mm-hmm. the Day. Her favorite book was Never Let Me Go. Oh, I've read that. Um, what she said was her favorite of all time. He won the Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, she also loved... Blindness by Jose Saramado, which is a similar type of book. It's about this disease where everybody is blind. And he kind of falls into the type of book that she likes to write. I'm interested to read her book. I put, definitely put that one on my on my TBR. And then there was Taylor Jenkins Reid. She had the probably the most popular book of the summer out called Daisy Jones and the Six. Have you ever heard of this one?
1: Well, I I feel like I've been living in a bubble because I've never heard of
0: any of these people. This was a huge, huge hit this summer. It is about a rock band in the 1970s. And it's based on her love of Fleetwood Mac. So the main relationship is sort of based on a uh, Lindsay Buckingham, Stevie Nicks kind of relationship. She was very, very funny. She said when she was researching it, she really felt like she was at a loss because she'd never done drugs. And <laughs> and she had to, like, research, like, what you know, it like uh, what do it drugs. feels like and, like, how much would a gram of cocaine cost? And she said, I'm just hoping that the, like, the FBI is not looking at my, she my needs history to clear list. cash. Yeah. <laughs> but she mentioned Madeline Miller, who's written Circe and Song of Achilles. She adapts and reimagines ancient Greek myths, which... In a way, I don't really see the connection, but it's someone who she really loves to read. The last one was a novelist named Tara Conklin, and she has a book out called The Last Romantics, which has done very, very well in the New York Times bestseller list. And it's a big, messy family saga kind of books. And she said that that's the kind of books that she likes to read. And her favorites were Little Women. um, I've heard of that one. (laughs) (laughs) The Corrections. um, What was the other one? Oh, Pachinko, which is a historical uh, novel set in Korea. I found all of that really, really interesting. And then I went to Ann Patchett. So I did go to the Ann Patchett. And she was on a panel with another writer who's a Nashville writer. One thing I will say is that I don't think I realized what a rock star Ann Patchett is in the writing world. I mean, I know that readers love her, but writers also love her. She really is quite the... The influence and not just in Nashville. I mean, she is like a little local hero there in Nashville for, for starting Parnassus Books, but I really think that she is a voice for independent bookstores everywhere, and so she has made a difference in lots of different ways. But in the talk that I went to with her, she was she didn't talk very much about her book. She was asking the other author, whose name is Margaret Rankle, she's written a memoir. And it was a sort of a mutual admiration society. Yeah, Anne didn't want to talk very much about her book. I think that she has tired of the format of doing those kinds of author talks and wants to sort of branch out and talk about something else and maybe not just herself or her book.
1: So one of the things that I thought about when Anne Patchett was talking was how tiring it has to be to be a writer and to be an interviewer and, you know, to own a bookstore, it was just, I was worn out just listening to her talk about interviewing all these people and, and then the pressure of writing a book. And I was just like, oh, I think if you're a book lover, you sort of have this idealized idea yeah. of what it means to be a writer and to 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 publish books. It's a job. I, I yeah. mean, it, it is a job. And so I, I think it was a, a good reminder to me to take off my rose-colored glasses of what I think a writer, you know, a published writer is.
0: Well, and uh, just an example. So Ann Patchett was in Lexington, Kentucky on a Thursday night. And then she was in Louisville, Kentucky for the talk that you saw on Friday night. And then she drove back from Louisville to Nashville and it was pouring rain. I know because we drove in that same weather. It was, I mean, it was like a deluge of rain. She drove back that night and then was at the Southern Festival of Books on Saturday that's a slog. That's a slog. And she said, you know, she's had friends who say, you don't need to do these these author talks anymore. People are going to buy your book regardless. But she said that she missed the the contact with the readers, mm-hmm. and she really enjoyed that part. So you're right. It's not just sitting in your cozy place, you know, writing down the words, which is hard in itself, right. but there's a whole lot more to it. Absolutely. There was one author that I forgot to mention uh, when I was talking about the sessions. The first panel that I went to was three women and one man. I think that I mentioned everybody but the man. I'm sorry, Alexi Zetner. But anyway, (laughs) he was there and he talked about his book and it was really fascinating. So... Again, his name's Alexei Zentner. I think I'm saying that right. It's Z-E-N-T-N-E-R. And he has a new book out called Copperhead. And he prefaced this book by saying that his mother, when he was growing up, was an activist against anti-Semitism. They're they're a Jewish family. But when he was a senior in high school, his parents' office was firebombed twice by white supremacists. So he said his whole adult life, he's been trying to figure out a way that he could write about that. So this book is not about that incident specifically, but it is about white supremacists. And the story of the book, it's from the point of view of a 17-year-old boy named Jessup. And he has a stepfather. And the stepfather is a great stepfather in every sense of the word, except for he has one sort of fatal flaw and that he is a white supremacist. And so what I found so interesting is what do you do when someone that you know and care about in so many ways, a wonderful person in every other way, has this one flaw that you really just can't get over? And so what does that do to that relationship? How do you deal with that? Um, So his book sounded fascinating to me, and it's one that I want to pick up. But one of the things that I really liked about going to the book festival and going to all these panels is hearing the writers process, how they came up with their ideas, how they then put that to the page. And I think that that makes when you then go to read the book or if you've read the book and then go hear them, it makes the experience richer because you kind of know what's what's behind that. Another interesting thing is he finished his rough draft and gave it to his wife on the same day that the Charlottesville protests wow. were going on. And so, I don't know, it just seems... Meant to be. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a lot it, of stuff brewing. A lot of stuff brewing. Yeah, And I just think that could be a really interesting book to read at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I would highly recommend people, if you see book festivals in your area and you're a book lover, try them out. They're free. They're a lot of fun. One of the sessions I went to, they gave away free books um, with your ticket. And so there's really, really no downside to it. In addition, I know that this past weekend, you went to the Corn Island Storytelling Festival As one of the storytellers, Colonel Bob, who we interviewed three or four episodes ago, was one of the storytellers. How did that go? It was good. It was good. I
1: took both my sons and my husband. My teenage daughter had other more important friend social events to attend. So we went, and actually the boys took one of their friends. Kids 12 and under were free. And we went and listened. We took our chairs. So I wish we would have gotten there a little bit earlier because... By the time we got there, it was packed. I mean, they had a tent set up behind the barn at Black Acre, and the the stories had just started. So we came in, uh, the Callaways, a husband and wife team, were telling their story. My one son's favorite story was actually Roberta Simpson Brown's. And sadly, this is her last Corn Island Storytelling Festival. So she's 80 and has had some health issues. So she said this was going to be her last event. But she told a story that was pretty creepy, And my middle schooler was even talking about it on Sunday. So I'm like, well, wow, that, it that had made some it you're yeah, right. It made an impression on him. Now, they really enjoyed Bobby Norfolk, who came down from St. Louis, I believe, and he told a couple stories. Now he's very animated. I, I think it's because of his animation and his voice. They tended to be a little bit more funny, Mm -hmm. uh, which was unexpected. But he did have a moment where he started to tell the story, and he was really, really quiet. And then he got really loud, and it was like a jump scare. Uh, So we all jumped.
0: he was more of a theatrical storyteller. Yes, definitely.
1: Colonel Bob did tell a story about a ghost in Scotland um, that he had had an occasion to experience. Um, And then I'm trying to think think again there were a lot of storytellers and then they had an intermission the kids could climb up into the uh the loft of the barn and throw hay at each other and they had drinks and they had a, a table where people could buy books for oh, by some of the by because some Roberta of
0: the, Brown has many books yes, I believe yes. she
1: was signing books Colonel Bob he just recently had another book published so there was a table for that probably the cutest thing uh, about it well so Blackacre is a is a nature preserve but it's also a farm and so there's farm animals so when we first got there we were sitting pretty close to the fence the goats kept chiming in as the stories were being told, which we couldn't help but laugh at. So uh, we were able to visit the goats during intermission. So it was fun. I mean, it was a a fun way. You know, the weather was nice. It wasn't too cold. So it was a great way to spend a a, A a Saturday evening. evening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, then the most recent thing that you and I did was actually last night. And one of our favorite booksellers from Carmichael's Books, we went and with several other people from our book club, and she did sort of a private book recommendation session with us where she told us about probably 6 or 7 different books and they were all books that I had never heard of but books that she recommended and they were in all different genres kind of sleeper hits I I guess maybe you would say she's very trustworthy after after her <laughs> recommendation of Jim
1: the boy mm-hmm. it's like okay we trust her she can she's telling us good stuff so yeah it was great one of them is on my it's on that to get list. So uh, Hogarth Press is doing revisions of some of Shakespeare's works. So they're sort of contemporary retellings by modern authors. So the one that Sam at Carmichael's suggested to us was the the work uh, Tracy Chevalier has done a remake of Othello. And so that was the one that Sam suggested I asked because I specifically teach Macbeth um, and I also teach Hamlet so the one that's the retelling of Macbeth is by Joe Nesbo and so mm-hmm. they didn't have any in stock at that Carmichael's and I already had like an armful of books so I decided to just postpone
0: that one and I think she said there's one I don't think it's come out yet but the next one did she say it was Cam- Hamlet. Hamlet by Jillian Flynn yes Yes, and I think she
1: said that's the last one that's going to come out. But there's a, ton, I mean, there's probably eight, maybe ten, in this series. So I'm, am t- really psyched for that because I love to pair, cl- you know, classic, quote unquote, classic works with contemporary books. So I'm pretty excited about that. I did not buy any of, the, of those, but I did buy a book by
0: Alex Harrow.
1: It's her new release. The 10,000 Doors of January.
0: Yes, I have it as well. We're going to sort of buddy read it, I think. (laughs) I'm going to read it at the same time. I bought one of the ones that she recommended. I bought a Western called Butcher's Crossing by John Williams. And I think she had picked this out because on one of the episodes I had mentioned liking modern Western writers. Uh, I had mentioned Patrick DeWitt, Larry McMurtry, and she said that this one was sort of in that vein. Um, So I picked that one up. I also picked up another Western. It wasn't one that she had necessarily recommended, but there was another bookseller there who had read it, called Inland by Tia O'Brett, which is a new release. And he said it had a little bit of magical realism in it. It, He said it reminded him a little bit of Beloved in some ways. And so that was like an automatic. And we all me. went, ooh, right. So I picked that one up. But the nice thing was that the other bookseller, Jonathan, his specialty is graphic novels.
1: Right. At the Frankfurt Avenue store, there's a, sort of like an adult teenage section of graphic novels. And then there's a kid section of graphic novels. And so because I have a middle schooler, you know, there's some things that he's already gone through in the kids section of graphic novels. But anyway, we were talking about all sorts of different books. And I picked up three that my boys, they're two years apart. So they kind of get partner gifts. You know, I give it to both of them. So they'll get some of those books. And then I got some recommendations from my daughter as well. She likes Stephen King. So I got her uh, Joe Hill book, Mm. who is the son of Stephen King. So that was on Sam's recommendation. So I'm really excited, and I'm
0: really, really excited to have some Christmas shopping out of the way, which is bonus! Well, the fun thing was there were were three or four other women with us um, from our book club, and each of them, I think, bought one of the books that she recommended, and we're hoping that we're going to sort of pass them around. Right. We had to strategize. But it was the idea of one of our book club members. She had heard our podcast episode with Sam Miller from Carmichael's and said, we should make a girls' night out. And so we did, and it was really awesome. So Sam and Carmichael's, this could be like a thing that you all do, where people can schedule an hour with a bookseller and just have you give them recommendations so you You can't get that on Amazon you cannot get that on Amazon or even probably Barnes and Noble (laughs) so there you go so this has been a little taste of our bookish adventures lately but we're going to post all these titles on our Facebook page uh, and also on the website right show notes yep on the show notes since this is a show however weird it is (laughs) so I, I don't know this is our, our first little foray into doing these little mini episodes it's just some things that we thought y'all might enjoy hearing about we might we, get
1: two downloads your we, mom my mom
0: I know <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we couldn't fit it into a regular episode but if you like it uh, let us know and maybe we'll do more on occasion
1: and if you don't like it let us know that too and we'll we stop will never do it again
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening Thanks for joining us today. For show notes for any episode, please go to our blog site at www.perksofbeingabooklover.com. Follow us on Facebook at Perks of Being a Book Lover and on Instagram at Perks of Being a Book Lover Pod to see what we're up to and when new episodes air. If you enjoy our show, spread the word and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other listeners find us. Finally, a huge thank you to Forward Radio 106.5 FM, a grassroots community-based radio station in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find our show there, live or in archives, at forwardradio.org, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.